0: I helped uh, go from basically 160,000 followers on Instagram. And I helped her with her content strategy. Um, and within four months, she grew to a million and a half on Instagram. And
1: Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Crider. Today, we have Mike Lemieux on the show. Mike is somebody who I met at the ClickFunnels event, Funnel Hacking Live, about two months ago now, and he's somebody who I was very fascinated by um, as soon as I came into contact with this person. He's somebody who thinks on a level very different from, from most people out there, and that's something that we're going to explore. In this episode, we're really going to be talking about how to think as an entrepreneur. That's one of the overarching themes here is how you can think more effectively, approach problems more effectively, and come to better solutions with the difficulties that you are facing in your business because we're all going to face significant difficulties at some point. It's all about how you're able to approach those and overcome them. We're also going to be talking about how to know if you're on the right track, okay? Because Mike is somebody who was not on the right track starting out. He was in a place where he was not feeling fulfilled, not successful, not in the place that he wanted to be, and he was able to make a change, and if you are somebody who feels like you're in a rut, who feels like you're stuck, this is the episode for you because you're going to figure out exactly what you need to be focusing on and how you can really tell if you are on that right track or if you need to make a change because if you need to make a change, the best time to make a change is today, so without further ado, we are going to welcome Mike on to Young Smart Money, so whether you're out there walking the dog at the gym, whatever you are up to on this wonderful day, sit back, relax, and. And enjoy the interview. All right, Mike, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing
0: today? Doing good. Feeling young, feeling smart, and feeling like money.
1: <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about here. So, Mike, for our listeners that aren't super familiar with you and what you're up to right now, could you give us a quick like 60-second intro as to uh, what you're doing right now? Yep. I teach people,
0: brands, and businesses how to use social media to grow their audience, to grow their business, to grow their bottom line, all those things. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I helped grow a startup company that was doing social influencer marketing from the ground. And we sold to Disney in less than two years. And then I was working for Disney as the senior director of all of their social influencer marketing campaigns for two years. And they wanted me to relocate to Los Angeles, but my wife and I did not want to be there If you live there, that's fine. But (laughs) I decided that, you know, I wanted to go do my own thing. And so I created this company and I love it.
1: Amazing. Amazing. So I want to flash back a little bit and then we'll work our way up to the present day. Um, But talk to me about your upbringing. Were you the kid who was sitting in the back of the class slinging like Pokemon cards and Snickers bars? Or were you somebody who took school very seriously? Like what was that looking like for you?
0: Yeah, I waited every day for school to end so that i could either go play basketball or uh, computer games that was what i waited to do i wasn't super super into school i just found that i I liked certain subjects but for some reason it just never really felt like anything that i was super interested in i don't know maybe you can relate to apple because I just felt like I was born into a system and put into these, these many systems that they're just there because they've been there for hundreds of years, but it wasn't anything that inspired me. And so I kind of just, you know, I got a, I had a B average, which isn't horrible, but it's nothing that, you know, to brag about, uh, failed some classes, had to retake them. That's embarrassing, but I did. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how I, that's kind of my school experience. But growing up, um, I was always very interested in listening and helping other people. Uh, I loved to laugh and to joke around. And I love to have deep, meaningful conversations with people, even since I was a little kid. And so I realized that some of these strengths that I have, and the interests that I have, would make me a good uh, coach, which is what I'm doing now. So that's one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing.
1: Amazing amazing and yeah, one of the one of the main things that I noticed about you when we first connected was just how Deeply you think about things because a lot of people will take things at surface level and not really think much deeper into it But like when we were listening to speakers at, at the ClickFunnels events uh, You were really taking things a, a level deeper a couple levels deeper than most of the people there So it sounds like that's something that started for you at that young age. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it I I'm very intrigued at the way that things work. And I heard a saying once that there's three types of people. There's people that make it happen. There's people that wonder how it happened. And there's people that don't even really know what's going on. (laughs) And I try to be a mixture of the wonder how it's happening and making it happen. Um, Because I feel like when you look at what other people are doing that's successful, you don't even necessarily have to do the same type of thing that they're doing, but you look at how it's being done and you can process that and use their tactics and their strategies and apply it to your own business or your own life. And you can have a lot of success that way.
1: Absolutely. What are some of the situations that you found yourself getting the most value out of just like observing what was going on and finding ways to apply that to yourself? Do you have any specific examples?
0: Would you like me to give you an example from ClickFunnels? Sure. Sure. So Apple and I met, a little backstory, Apple and I met a few weeks ago at a at a convention here in Nashville. That's where I live. And we, we had an opportunity, it was four days long, to listen to amazing speakers who have had lots of success with their respective businesses. And some of the, the most interesting things that were happening were the amount, to me anyway, was the amount of energy that was in the room during some of the speakers. And I noticed that it was always, the the people that were the most engaging were the people who had really gotten a lot of experience. The people that had just barely reached, you know, a lot of success for the first time Uh, or the people who had really only been doing it for a year or so, I didn't find myself as engaged in what they were saying. And I don't think that it had anything to do with the amount of time that they had been doing things. I think that the experience that they have gained over the years is what made the difference for me. But there was one guy, he dressed up in a unicorn suit. I don't remember his name. I just remember he had a beard and glasses. And he created this little persona on his channels wearing a unicorn suit and a head and posting unicorns with rainbows and things like that. And he hadn't done that very long. And I was very intrigued by what he was saying because of the way that he presented it, but he had gained a ton of experience very quickly during that time. And you can tell that he had had a lot of things that were happening to him. So I think that that was the most interesting thing to me was you can tell the legitimacy of what someone is saying based off of how they make you feel when they talk no matter what they're talking about
1: hmm. are you are you very intentional about how you're making people feel whenever you're interacting with them totally my goal whenever
0: i meet somebody new is to listen because a lot of people just want to be heard and so, when you sit there and you allow someone to talk to you, they gain respect for you. And you don't even really have to do anything. You just have to listen. But then, when they start asking you questions rather than just telling you things, that's when you're able to truly inspire them because then you can make them feel like what they're saying is validated. So,
1: Absolutely.
0: if somebody's telling you that they want to start a podcast and they're wondering how, and they want to do it because they feel compelled to, but they don't know exactly what the topic's going to be. You listening to that person or whatever, whatever the field is or the case is you listening to that person is going to make them feel very good and validated. And I'll just tell you a little story. Uh, Our friend Richie that, that you met at funnel hacking live too. I've known him for quite a while now there's a guy named Kevin David and Kevin David is part of the two comma X club and Richie and I were walking to lunch one day and all of a sudden Kevin said, Hey, Hey, I, I want to talk to you. And Richie didn't recognize him at first, but Kevin recognized Richie and, and he did $10 million in sales in his company last year, which is why he, Kevin was recognized for, for this feat that he had accomplished. And he comes up to Richie and he says, I just wanted to thank you. And Richie's like, okay, why? And, uh, you know, Richie's, Richie's funny, Richie Norton. He, he was just listening. He's like, okay, awesome. Why? And he said, because a year and a half, two years ago, when I was starting out, nobody would listen to me. Nobody would pay attention to me. You were the, you were one of the only and first people that actually listened and were nice to me and Richie wasn't nice to him because you know, you never know what people are going to do or who they're going to become. That's the wrong way of looking at it. That's trying to get gain, but Richie was just being nice and that taught me a very valuable lesson. You just be nice to people, you help them and great things come. And you know, I have no idea if a partnership between Richie and Kevin will happen. Who knows? But, The fact of the matter is is that Kevin needed help and Richie was there. And so I actually, for a long, long time, have been trying to emulate that type of a behavior and just help people however I can.
1: Mm. We actually just had Richie on the show about three episodes ago. Um, And he talked a lot about just like, yeah, being very – I mean, he's just a very positive person and just, just being able to make connections wherever you can and not having that expectation that it's ever going to turn into anything because that's right. when you go into it at that angle, it's just, it's, it's not the way you want to go about things. No. 100%. So talk to me a little bit about how you met Richie because when I first met you, like one of the first things that you... Uh, Appeared to be was just like a huge brand advocate of Richie because like you called him over Um, and you were just talking all all these positive things about him Um, and it seems like he's been a very influential person on you and and your ability to grow your business So can you talk a little bit about that relationship? Totally. It's actually
0: kind of crazy And and i'm going to take you through the entire process because I want people to see How important relationships actually are Mm. Not every relationship Certain relationships are more valuable than others at certain points, but you you treat every relationship and every person with respect. But several years ago, I would say probably 3 to 4 years ago, my wife and Richie's wife met in Utah. Neither of them lived in Utah, but they met there at a conference. They connected. Then about a year, maybe 2 years later, Richie reached out to my wife or they connected somehow, because Richie worked with my wife to create and develop a a course that would help teach women how to start a business. And Richie helped Ashley, my wife, to create this from scratch. She had no idea what she was doing. The course world and selling your knowledge world, neither of us had a clue what that even meant. And so Richie walked her through and guided her through it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of crazy. I wonder if I can do this too with my knowledge. And so a little over a year ago, Richie came down before I even started working with him. He came down here to Nashville and he went to work with Zig Ziglar's family and Kevin from, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. And he was doing something with them and he was staying at my house and I just started talking to him and asking him questions because I just started my business, I just started my coaching program and I was trying to figure out how to get more clients. So he gave me a few examples. He kind of taught me a little bit about the basics of how to sell and said, this is how you start. And because of that, I was able to make $10,000 a month for three months through what he taught me in a couple of days. I ended up hiring him later on last year uh, to be my my personal coach. Worked with him for a few months. We've stayed in touch. I even talked to him yesterday. Great friend. But it's crazy because if, if our wives hadn't met, we wouldn't have met. I wouldn't be talking to you because I wouldn't have gone to the Funnel Hacking Live conference if it wasn't for Richie. He was the one that told me about it. So it's just crazy to see the spider webs of how everything works. It's just really, it's really neat. You know what I mean? 100%.
1: So how, how do you decide which relationships to really foster and to really build and invest into? Because clearly you're somebody who, who meets a lot of people. I mean, you're doing a lot of things on social media. There's a lot of people that you come into contact with. How do you decide which of those relationships are going to be the ones like Richie that you invest a lot of time, energy, and, and, and potentially money into?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So when I was dating, I hated dating because... It's just nothing but trying to figure out which relationship is going to work out the best and turn into something that's deeper and more meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. But luckily with business, you you don't have to marry one person. You can have deep relationships and deep partnerships with a lot of different people and you, you should. And so with business, the way that I look at it as, if I give a little bit, I give input to the relationship and I see that the other person gives input back and what we're giving input on creates a great output, then I'll start to continue to work with them. But if I start to give input to something, I pay attention to my gut or my soul, my spirit, whatever you wanna call it. I pay attention to how I feel. And if something feels like it's not gonna work or it's not the best use of my time or something's literally pulling me in a different direction that's already having success, I pay attention. And
1: I go towards what I feel is the best. Hmm. That's very interesting. Because, I mean, you have, a lot of, you have a lot of different things that could be pulling on you, um, but you're just able to sort of figure out which one is, is going to be the best for you at a given time. Yes. I, and it's hard because sometimes I get into
0: these cycles of there's literally 10 different things that I can be working on. Yeah. All of which could be producing revenue for my company but I have to take a step back and really look at and pay attention to what output my inputs are giving. So when you do that, you're able to see, okay, I've been working on this project for two months. I haven't made any money from it. I've made actually little to no progress towards making money from it. It's distracting me and taking up the majority of my time so that I can't work on the stuff that's actually making money. But if you get into, into a routine, it's actually really hard to pull yourself out of that if you're not paying attention, right? So just an, simply analyzing what you're doing day to day and week to week and month to month is going to help you prevent those types of situations.
1: Hmm. Do you have like higher level priorities or goals or like some kind of vision that you're working towards or what's kind of dictating whether or not you're moving in the right direction besides like money?
0: So money is not my number one motivator for doing what I do. Mm -hmm. My number one motivator is I want to help those who want to be helped. If I can help them, I can't help everybody, but I can help people who have something or feel like they need to create something that want to share their message or their brand or their business or their life through social media and through other uh, outlets as well. But it's people that want to make changes and who are tired of being in those hamster wheels that they've been in for years. That's who I help. And I get a lot out of that. I get, I feel joy. I I feel fulfillment. I feel happiness. I, I feel like my purpose is being fulfilled when I can help other people get what they want through my coaching program and that to me is more valuable even than money because it gives you a purpose and when you feel like something that you're doing you probably feel like this with your podcast when you do stuff that makes you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose that's when true joy comes with your life
1: absolutely and when you can see a tangible transition or transformation within people that's that's very powerful
0: absolutely man
1: so throughout this course of you um, working with this startup that eventually sold to Disney, that eventually transitioned into your business that you're doing now, a lot of that seemed to be social media focused. Um, so when did you first start getting involved with social media and, and why was that?
0: The first time I remember really using specifically Instagram for, th- for something other than just posting a picture of my Chipotle burrito bowl for lunch <laughs> was back in 2012 my wife had created a company that employs first-generation college students. They make jewelry. They're employed. It helps them to pay for college. And I was working at a grocery store. I, it, was, it was a great job, but I, I saw the glass ceiling above me that was very low, and they were telling me that it would take years for me to be able to progress to the next level. In fact, this was in 2011 when I started working there, and they told me it would probably take me at least eight years before I would be able to make it to the next level. That's right now, dude. That's literally right now. So I, I, was, I was feeling very stuck, and my wife kind of just sat me down, and she put her hands on my shoulders, and she said, you're not stuck. And, and it really impacted me because I felt stuck. I felt like I couldn't get out. My bank account was going down. We had just become parents overnight to a four and a six year old. Pressure and stress was mounting. But she she really looked at me and she believed in me and she said, Mike, you can do something else. And I believed her. And so one of the things that I like to do is tell people the same thing. So if you're listening to this right now and you don't have somebody that's going to put their hands on your shoulders, let me do that to you. You're not stuck. You're very capable of doing something else. In fact, I know that there's probably something that you've wanted to be doing, but you're afraid of failing, of ridicule of other people. You don't know exactly where to start. That's fine. But that's not really enough to hold you back. You just need to know that you can do it and you can look for the tools that are going to help you don't dwell on something too long and this is what i started doing for myself i started looking for the tools that would help me i found them and i started to to notice that i could send product to people on instagram that would help grow my wife's business it didn't turn into a job with her which is my original intention But it actually turned into a job with her, one of her college acquaintances that had started a company promoting apps, working with social media influencers. And so that's how I got my start.
1: Okay, so you start working with this other company? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so I started working with the other company and I turned into the director of all the campaigns. And we did that for a little less than two years. did millions and millions of dollars in revenue. And that was what attracted Disney to acquiring us.
1: And was the business model really just like, here are some new apps, here are some influencers in that space, let's connect these two dots? At the
0: time, it was 95% we were working with apps and mm-hmm. then 5% brands because brands have been a little bit slow to warm up to influencer marketing and what even is this? But apps get it, the tech space, they get it because they're. They're created by people who are already in that world, so to speak. So it was an easier leap of faith for them to make when they were deciding, like, yeah, we'll give influencer marketing a try. So a lot of it was at first, you have an app, you need to get downloads, you need traffic. So let us create content for you that these people that have massive amounts of traffic through Instagram or Facebook or Vine. You know, if you remember Vine, rest in peace, (laughs) Vine. that that there was massive amounts of traffic. We're going to send your brand in front of those people and it's going to drive downloads. And so that's how it started working. And it still works. This, these, these things still work. People are apps, brands, influencer marketing is a multi-billion dollar industry a year.
1: Absolutely. So do you have any tips or strategies or anything you can share with our listeners today who are maybe trying to get a hold of some of these bigger influencers? Maybe they're trying to start a podcast. Maybe they just want to, they have a question for somebody that they want to get answered. Like when you were reaching out to some of these big influencers, trying to get them to promote these different apps, what were some of the strategies that you were using? Great question.
0: Imagine that you have a a million followers on Instagram. And you're famous, and somebody reaches out to you and said, Hey, I have a podcast. Do you want to be on it? What are they going to say? Probably not going to reply. They're probably, that's what I was hoping you would say. I wouldn't even reply.
1: Yeah. No. I don't need you. I might double tap on it, give them a little heart, but I'm not going to reply. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck, bro.
0: Now, what if you go to that person and said, Hey, my name is Apple. That's a, that's interesting right off the bat, you know? Yeah. My name is Apple. I run a podcast called Young Smart Money and it's designed to help inspire young entrepreneurs that are trying to figure out how they can be successful in this world without having to go work for someone else or whatever it is that your pitch is. Sure. And then you give them one sentence or two sentences about why you're reaching out to them specifically. I've been watching you over the past six months I love the content that you share about how you don't need a degree to be a millionaire or you don't need to go work for someone else for a decade so that you've paid your dues before you can start doing something for yourself. That really resonated with me. I know it would really resonate with my audience because we just talked about this with so-and-so and then you can mention someone else that you've done an interview with. And I know that we could talk about something for 30 minutes that would be super beneficial for not just my audience, but something that you could provide your audience that they can benefit from as well. Show them your value. Show them why they want to work with you. It's not about followers, Apple. It's not about followers. It's about content and potential. What are you wanting to create? How are you helping them? Everybody's trying to help themselves. So if you can help that influencer who has a million followers get what they want and it's easy, you'll get in. You'll get that response.
1: Absolutely. And it's all about just, yeah, thinking about what they want and what they're looking for. That's right. Because if you're, if you're just thinking about yourself, I mean, they're not going to reply to you. Like they don't have time for that. They don't, they don't want to spend their time doing something that doesn't have a clear ROI for them, a clear... Uh, value proposition to them because like they 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 only have so many hours in the day and they have so many things that are pulling at their time.
0: That's right. Hey man, be on my podcast and shout it out and help me grow. Like no,
1: <laughs> that's, not, like why? that's not how it works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So as you were progressing, um, talk to me about the process of of actually exiting this company to Disney. Um, because I'm sure this is something not a lot of our listeners are familiar with and neither am I like, what did that look like? Did Disney approach you? Did you approach them? And what did that process sort of, how did that go down?
0: I didn't have a ton to do with the exit process okay. because that was mostly the founder and then our VP of operations. Um, but I did have a lot of insight about how it all went down. So we, I worked there for a little less than two years and her goal was never to run this business for years and years and years. The founder, um, after about a year of working there, she was actively looking with a banker, with somebody that has relationships with, with VCs, with massive media companies, with huge brands, you know, people with the deep pockets of the world. Uh, she was actively looking with a banker to find somebody that could purchase the company. And it took several months, I want to say between nine and 10 months of traveling the country, meeting with people in person, multiple levels of presentations and meetings and legal teams, until finally it, it turned into a deal that, made, that was mutually beneficial. And to be honest, as I was watching her do this and go through this process, it seemed incredibly stressful. But the thing that I noticed about her is how focused she was. Her number one priority was to have an exit with that company. She, she didn't even use Instagram or Vine or Facebook. She hated the platforms. She wasn't addicted to them. She was hardly ever even on them. She just understand, understood how it worked and she knew that this was a viable business that other people would want to get into. And so we scaled it and created created and scaled as fast as we could and did millions of dollars that first year. And that was enough to create a lot of buzz in the industry so that people wanted to be a part of it.
1: Hmm. So then you get to the point, she eventually lines up the deal with the banker and with Disney, and then you exit and then you end up transitioning with the team to Disney for a while?
0: Yeah, so part of the, because we didn't have a, this huge tech platform, sure. you know, we, we had some tech, but most of the campaigns that I ran were done on Google Sheets because everybody can access them that way. But it was, we were, we were really selling people. Yeah. We were really selling my team and and a couple of others that really added a ton of value to the company because if you can't execute these campaigns quickly and efficiently you have no business and that's what my team did so there was a there was a retention period people call these golden handcuffs mm-hmm. because in order to take them off you have to get rid of gold and and so they keep you there for a couple of years um but yeah that's that's really what the transition process was like after that. Most people moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, a few of us stayed behind in Phoenix where we were based. And and we just worked there remotely for a couple of years until the retention period was over.
1: Awesome, and then as soon as that retention period ended, were you just going all in on coaching?
0: Yeah, so I actually, they, they said, if you don't move here to Los Angeles, thank you for everything that you've done and goodbye. And I said, okay. You know, peace. And I was trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't want to go work for somebody else, but I didn't really know what to do. I I had never really known what to do. I kind of just started doing influencer marketing as a fluke because I wanted to help my wife's business grow, and I was hoping that maybe it would turn into a thing for me. You know, and and I just decided, I, I have I have so much experience and so much knowledge in this space. I just need to keep keep in this world somehow. But what do people want? And when I realized that there was a huge need and a want, that people, ha- people wanted to know how to use social media to grow their own business or grow their platforms, and I had experience of helping my wife grow two seven-figure companies and people growing millions of followers and making millions of dollars, I knew I could help teach this to other people. And that's kind of how the coaching program was born.
1: Hmm. Did you have a lot of connections going into it or were you really just like thrown into this and, and sort of reaching out to people blindly?
0: I didn't do a ton of reaching out blindly, thankfully, because I had, uh, I had worked with people in the past through my job, but really the social proof is, is what gets the results and it gets you the clients. And so people had seen what I had done for my wife. I had helped her grow a platform at the time. It was like 160,000, 150,000 followers. She's you know, close to a quarter of a million followers on her Instagram now. And so people see that. People know and understand how I've helped her. I had another gal who I helped uh, go from basically 160,000 followers on Instagram and I helped her with her content strategy um, And within four months, she grew to a million and a half on Instagram and a million and a half on Facebook. And now she's combined over 9 million on just those two platforms. And so people saw that it just, it speaks for itself, you know? And so I was able to get more coaching clients because people knew that I had helped others and that, that I could help them as well.
1: Absolutely. And were you, as far as like price point went, it seems like you were doing a pretty premium service here. Is that correct?
0: Mm-hmm. I created, uh, you know, people like Russell Brunson, they say you always, you have to start out with a low price offer, if not a free, free offer. And then you take them through your value ladder. And I agree with all that stuff, but I didn't start that way. I created a, an expensive course and uh, I sold that to people or I gave that to them as a bonus if they do my coaching. And when I first started the very first program that I did, I was charging people $3,500 a month. Uh, for me to coach them just right out the gate. And I landed a few clients um, right away just by talking about it and announcing that I was taking coaching clients. And I, I I, don't even know if I have to be certified to be a coach. I don't even know what that means. I just I just said, I can help you do what I've done for myself and other people and let me know if you want to do it.
1: Wow. So bouncing back a little bit, I, I want to talk, this isn't a relationship podcast, but uh, having, having, a, a couple of married entrepreneurs um i want to like i've been i've been in a long-term relationship for a little over 3 years now and it's always tricky for me at least to balance like the commitment that i want to make to my partner and the commitment that i want to make to my business so do you have any strategies for our listeners that might be in a relationship thinking about getting into a relationship that also want to be able to grow their business at the same time are you
0: specifically asking if you want to grow it with your partner
1: not really, because most of what you guys do is, is pretty independent, correct? It is yeah
0: I think that everything that you do just has to you have to pay attention to what you feel i I, ha, I I'm in touch with my feelings. I have been able to understand why I have feelings and what they mean, and I use that to my advantage because you're very smart and you're going to tell yourself in here what you should or shouldn't be doing and where you should be focusing your attention and time on and so what i realized is wherever my input goes that's where my output is so there's no such thing as a work-life balance whoever created that phrase I don't even know why they did. There's no such thing as a work-life balance at all. You're either spending more time on one or the other. If you're spending massive amounts of time on your relationship, you're going to have a lot of success with the relationship. If you're spending a lot of time in business, success with the business. If you're spending, you know, suffice it to say, you just have to pay attention to what needs the most attention. So right now I'm creating a course that's called Social Selling It's helping people understand how to actually sell something, whether it's physical or digital on social media, using methods that I have used, that I teach my clients, that these are the, these are the things, right. That you need to know if you want to sell something on social media, that's taking a lot of my time right now. So my wife understands that. And eventually, you know, within the next week or so, I'm going to be done with that course with that, with that guide. And then I'll be able to maybe work an hour or two less a day. And then I'll be able to go spend it with her and watch more reruns of the office. Cause that's really the only thing that's worth it anymore. <laughs> so it, it's not a work-life balance. It's just putting your input and your energy and resources into what matters the most and what needs to be done at the time.
1: How do you align yourself with your feelings? Because it seems like you're somebody who's very self-aware of like what direction their body's pulling them in and what needs to be done and, and what you're like, what you're feeling at any given time. So how do you, how do you develop that?
0: And you know, I, I didn't even, that's a good question. I didn't even realize that this was a thing that a lot of people don't know how to do, but as I've, excuse me, as, a, as I've gone through my life and had lots of conversations yeah. you know, as a man, when I cry in public, Sometimes other men get uncomfortable talking about my feelings deeply expressing pain and hurt and grief a lot of guys don't know how to, what to do with that at first you just want to kind of get rid of it it's uncomfortable i need to get out of here i need to move away from the pain i need to just get out right but what i realized is that when you allow yourself to sit in those feelings, whether they're positive or negative, whatever that means, we'll say positive is like joy and happiness and love, and then the negative is pain, grief, and sorrow. When you allow yourself to sit in those feelings, you're able to learn new things, positive or negative. And so as I started to realize that I could learn and I could use this this different type of energy, these different types of feelings into something that was going to create something beautiful. I let myself sit there with grief or pain or sorrow and just let myself feel it. It was re- it's really hard to do that. But when you become comfortable in the discomfort zone, that's when true growth occurs. When you allow yourself to grow you grow. If you shove away all those feelings that are trying to desperately teach you what you need to know in order to make it to the next level, if you shove that away, you're robbing yourself of growth. But if you let it come to you, you will exponentially improve your life. You will reach new levels of, you know, your mindset or your brain set or whatever you want to call it. Your relationships will improve. Your business will improve. Every aspect of your life will improve.
1: Do you actively set aside time for introspection to like reflect on what you're currently going through and to let yourself sit with those feelings? Or is that something that sort of just comes naturally to you?
0: I meditate and pray every morning. So this, this couch right behind me here, that green couch, mm-hmm. I didn't pick it out. I don't have... I have no style or swag or anything. My wife picks out everything that looks cool in my house. I nothing. I, I kneel at this couch or at my, at my desk every morning and I pray and I meditate. And when you, when you pay attention to your thoughts and you have no distractions, you have no computer, you have no TV, you have no phone, you're not looking at things, there's not a lot of movement, you're able to really connect. And I realize that this is kind of deep, but when you're able to really connect with yourself because you have none of these distractions, that's when you're able to kind of take a step back and look at what you're doing. So you know how like professional athletes or even high school athletes will, will have a match or a game. And then the next day they'll watch the game film. Mm -hmm. Do you know why they do that? They do that because when you watch how you perform, you're able to see what you did wrong. You're also able to see what you did right. But when you see what you did wrong and you're able to make improvements upon that, that's when the true growth happens. And so I film myself doing a lot of things, whether I'm creating an Instagram story or a YouTube video or uh, you know something like this, I'll watch and I'll listen. And there's a lot of things that I'm going to learn from even doing this podcast episode with you that will help me to be a better podcast guest, or to help me to become a better boxer. I, I, I like to film when I go boxing with my trainer. There, there's really just, you have to create opportunities, whether it's meditation, or filming your stuff, or recording your stuff, or looking back at a blog post, whatever it is, just analyzing the work that you've done will allow for improvements to be made.
1: How do you balance between like analyzing past stuff and like working on current stuff? And, and where's the balance between execution and reflecting?
0: That's a good question. Most of what I do creates new things. I never listen to the full podcast episode after I've been on it after I'm done. Okay. I watch for specific things that just jump out at me that I need to improve right away. The videos that I create, I never watch them the whole way through because that's what a consumer does. Mm -hmm. But a creator looks at certain things, sees the problem right away, fixes it, and then does it again. And then you reanalyze what you're doing.
1: Mm, I like that a lot. And, And really just, you watch until you know, and then you go.
0: You just go right there.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you've been dropping a ton of value on our, on our listeners so far, Mike. Um, I'm going to hop into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Are you feeling ready for them? Oh, man, I'm ready. Let me take a drink of water. Amazing. <laughs> all right. So the first question that I've got for you is what are you excited about right now? So this could be something in your business, in the wider realm of the world, but like, what is something that genuinely has Mike Lemieux excited at right now? I'm really excited for my wife's book to come out Ooh, when's that when's that dropping well she's
0: doing a live book tour at the end of april but the book re- and, and the, the people that come to the event which i'm seeing i'm very Ooh. excited about that it's gonna be fun think michael scott mixed with captain america and like the pre the pre super soldier serum captain america so like the nerd and and like dad jokes. That's, that's me as an MC. So like um, Dundee's 2.0. It's Dundee's 3.0. Yeah. Oh, 3.0. All right. It's, it's evolved. You? It's because I watch myself how I, how I do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for that too, because the interesting thing about my wife's book is that I haven't read it yet. And I haven't read it because she doesn't want me to until it's actually printed in here available. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because I've watched her. We, we, so I, I told you, we lost our, we had, we had two kids that we became parents to overnight and a little over two years ago, we lost those kids. Uh, it was an unexpected, um, failed adoption and it was, it was contested unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and we lost them and it devastated us, man it truly, like when I talk about grief and pain and feeling that that's what I'm talking about. We had them for four years and never experienced anything so difficult. It's tough to talk about without breaking down, to be honest. I had to figure out how to care about things again. And so did she. And writing this book helped her get out of the deepest most difficult pieces of her life and it's been amazing to watch her when you have somebody or something or you know someone that you truly love and they're hurting and when they start to heal it's the most beautiful thing and as she's been writing this book she has healed and i'm really excited because
1: this book is going to help a lot of people so i'm excited about that amazing amazing dang well i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get my hands on that as soon as it's ready <laughs> come to the book
0: tour we're going to a few a few different spots maybe you can link it to to people if they're interested
1: in coming but yeah absolutely i'll put a link to that in the show notes below cool. um, so people cool. can definitely check that out and and see if you're coming anywhere near them uh what habits do you have or things that you do on a routine basis i know you mentioned praying and meditating but are there other things these can be in your business or in your life that you do regularly
0: i do i box All right not people yet. <laughs> uh, I you know, I exercise, I eat, and I know that that sounds funny, but I, I do. I eat several meals a day. Um, it's difficult because when you get in a flow, you don't want to stop, but mm. I pay attention to my body and I go and I, I eat. Um, I talk to friends. I talk to them in person. I FaceTime them. I text them. I, I make and keep valuable connections that help me to uh, be aware of people other than myself. And, and this allows me to stay in touch with with the things that really matter the most.
1: Absolutely. I know you mentioned when you are consuming your own content and going back and looking over it that you're very like, get to the point once you see it, then you're going and you're executing. Um, is there any content though that you are consuming outside of the stuff that you are creating? Um, it could be books, podcasts, YouTube. Sure. Or-
0: sure. I, I do love certain books. The first book that I read that really impacted me was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Uh, I love the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Zig Ziglar, he wrote one. His last book was called Born to Win. That's a phenomenal book. I'm actually halfway through... You're welcome, Russell Brunson. I'm I'm halfway through .com Secrets right now, which is very 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 powerful and insightful um i i like self-help but i i also like things that i can i can extract out of the book and i can apply it to what i what i want to work on
1: hmm. i've been meaning to pick up uh, russell's books but i just haven't gotten around to it yet but that's uh it's it's pushing me it's pushing me in the right direction
0: pretty they're pretty good they're pretty right. good. Think, definitely think thing think things in a different way so
1: all right i'll have to get on that um what is something that you do in your business? I know a lot of what you do is coaching, so it's very one-on-one. But mm-hmm. what's something that you do that doesn't scale or that has that personal like Mike Lemieux touch to it? So a quick example um to give you some context of what I'm talking about. Um what I'll do is every day I'll pull out my phone and I'll send like five to ten video DMs on Instagram to new followers, just like introducing myself. Hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Um thanks for the follow. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Something really simple like that. Um, but just something that that tries to get that one-on-one interaction because I know it's, it's really impactful to people and it's not something that a lot of people go out of their way to do. So is there anything that comes to mind for you in particular that, that has that one-on-one aspect to it?
0: Wow. That's an interesting and awesome question. Um, I would say, I would say it's kind of similar to what you do with the DMS. I do try to respond to the meaningful ones sometimes it's just people sending you like a laughing emoji or maybe that's just me because I'm like super funny, right? Super funny. But so those like sometimes I'll just write a laughing emoji back to, but really just anything that opens the door so that they know that you're listening. They're not alone. They have somebody that's there for them. Uh, So whether that is one-on-one coaching or it's a phone call or uh, you know, a free consultation, whatever it is, that that really is the way for me to to do something that I can't necessarily scale, but it's super impactful.
1: Absolutely, and that's sometimes that's exactly what somebody needs is to just have you there to to listen to them. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, Mike. Last thing is just where can people go if they want to find out more about you and what you are up to? Um, give us some links to toss in the show notes for our listeners. Cool. the
0: The best way to get a hold of me and to learn more about my amazingly awesome life <laughs> is to go to my Instagram at Mike Lemieux. Don't worry about spelling it. Apple's going to link it, and from there, just read my bio and my profile, and watch my Instagram stories highlights. Those circles at the top. Mm-hmm. If you if you go there, you can learn more about what I do how I've helped other people with their businesses, how I can help you. That's, that's the best way to do it. There'll be links in those stories to other things, whether that's a free guide uh, to help you get started or uh, a free consultation to see if you're a good fit for my coaching program or, or anything, really. Um, that's the best place to start and to find me. Mm. And that's how it should be, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have a hundred different places you know i'm the social media guy so come to my instagram and and you can see what it's all about there and and how i can uh i can help you get where you want to be
1: there we go product of the product and his instagram stories are pretty entertaining as well so i'd highly recommend checking those out
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate
1: it. You make me feel good, Apple. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's, that's what they pay me to do. Uh, <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Do you have any last closing, parting thoughts, words of wisdom, anything you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah. I, I once learned
0: that the most important things that you say are the first and the last thing. The last thing I want to tell everybody is if you have felt at any point during this podcast episode that you need to be working on something. Think about that again right now. And after this is over, put every distraction away that you have and start working on that thing because you're never going to get closer to where you want to be. If you don't start moving your feet in that direction.
1: Mm. I love it. I love it. Mike, thank you so much for your time. You dropped a lot of wisdom on our listeners today. And, and like Mike said, guys, go out there, put your distractions away and execute. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, Apple. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me, Uh, they they really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately. OnlineCourseExaminer.com. Check it out.